And uh, so open your Bibles. We're going to go into why we plant churches. We've been doing this series called Why, why we worship, why we study God's word, and why we plant churches. And so um, I'm just really excited about what God's doing. I can't, I wish I could share all the things that are in my heart to share, uh, but I don't have time. Like during worship, I don't know if Will still, Will, there was like six things that you said or sang that I was experiencing last night. It was crazy. Last night before I went to bed, I was working on this book I've been working on, and I literally was writing Aslan, the moment Aslan defines Edmund. See, here we go. I'm already going off script, but he, he says Edmund the just, even though Edmund had blown it and how God defined And what is Will saying? He's like, Aslan is in the room. I'm like, yes, he is. And then, and then he sings the blessing. And last night I'm putting Lucas to bed and I'm saying, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And you guys just have God moments. It's just like only you and God know all those little things. I love that. So to turn to your friend and say, Jesus is so cool. He really is. He's so awesome. He's so, he's so thoughtful. You know, he knows every detail. So uh, I want you to put up that next slide. Rock of Grace, God gave us this desire, this assignment rather, to plant uh, churches and to plant 10 churches in 10 cities in 10 years, which I know sounds crazy. Uh, and it sounded crazy to me too. But then God uh, just kept confirming that. And I'm going to share some of those stories today. So go ahead, go, excuse me, go ahead and go to the next few slides there. In fact, I want you to put up the first picture of the Warren campus because I did uh, tease you guys last week. I said, uh, this is one picture. I'm going to show you more next week. So go ahead and go to the next one. And this is from um, a little bit away, a little distance away. So it's this beautiful, nostalgic building. Uh, it's just a block from the square. Isn't that awesome? Go to the next one. This is the sanctuary. So we're going to give it some fresh paint. And just uh, Pastor Andrew's got a lot of creative ideas. Going to get in there and redesign that. Go to the next one. This is the basement where the kids' ministry is going to be. RSK, the toddler's nursery. We're going to create some walls in there. And he is very excited. Uh, that was awesome. I kind of captured, got to capture his face there. And let's see, I think there's one more. Yes, so the crew is already down there. Oh, let me tell you this story. Hold that, hold that frame for one second. We went down to meet a board member that was there for, um, I think, 28 years. And she just wanted to share, uh, you know, information on utilities and a few things. And I just felt like God was about to do something. I'm sensing God was about to do something. Like all, she was just there to give us the utilities information, right? But I could just sense, you know that feeling? And then he walks through the room and he's the brother of the former pastor. And I said, listen, I just preached on the blessing and stones and stories. Can you guys just pray that your legacy continues? And it was like, sobbing. It was just, it was cool. So can you just give God a shout and a hand for what he's doing? I'm just really excited about what God's doing. And I want to thank you guys to everyone who has pledged and who has been so thankful or so faithful to sacrifice uh, financially. Um, if you guys, many of you have already picked these up, I know, but these, um, kind of pamphlets are at the Welcome Center if you want more information, because I'm going to speak real fast today, because um, I know it's Father's Day, and you guys will want to get going, but this will give you um, kind of a lot more information, because you're going to get really a 20,000-foot view today. So these are in the foyer, and uh, that can give you more information on the how, and uh, get involved, and in giving, and all that. 
Uh, in fact, let's receive our offering. I just realized I almost forgot that. I'm so glad I happen to say that we're giving. So here we go. We're going to do this quick, though. We're going we're to do this quick. Here we go. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to give. God, we're excited about those who have given, Lord, to make this a crazy dream a reality. Father, to see three campuses being launched to present the gospel to hurting people. And Father, all the other churches that are going to be planted, we are so excited to see the number of people who are going to come to know you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. So you give online or back in the, uh, the bins on the back. The bins on the back? However you say that. The thing back there. All right. Let's get to the sermon. Here we go. Spirit-filled churches uh, multiply. Why do we plant? Why would we do this? I'm going to give you four reasons, and we're going to uh, buzz through these. They multiply. In fact, can you guys say this with multiply? multiply. Spiritful churches create space. Say create space. space. Spiritful churches reach the lost. Say reach the lost. Spiritful churches obey his voice. Say obey his voice. So I want you to go to this slide. Acts 9.31. I was rereading um, this, the book of Acts this last week. And I was, again, shocked by the fact that uh, these churches would get planted as believers kept coming to know Christ. So our people kept coming to know Christ. Look at this verse. And I, there's only going to be so many verses I could give you today, but here's, here's a few of them. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and it multiplied. Everybody say multiplied. multiplied. Healthy things multiply. Upon the Holy Spirit being poured out in the upper room, in Acts 2, we find the believers spreading out and planting new churches to minister to more people. People became believers who became ministers. Let me say that again. People became believers who became ministers. And this is my heart's cry, that every single person at Rock of Grace, especially if you've been following Jesus for 10, 15, 20 years, you say, where do I fit to build the kingdom of God? Where do I fit to build the kingdom of God? Look at this next slide, Acts 9, 32. Peter went to Lydda and Sharon. And after seeing physical miracles, all the residents turned to the Lord. All the residents turned to the Lord. I was rereading um, Colossians this last weekend, and I saw something interesting I hadn't seen before, how it was connected to the book of Acts, because Paul had sent out Philemon and this other guy. And this is why the book of Colossians was written from a Roman prison. This is Paul's first time he's in a Roman prison. And Philemon and this other guy, they come back and they tell Paul, listen, believers are turning to Jesus. You know, people are turning to Jesus there, but the Jewish people are trying to put their customs on uh, and the traditions and say, you have to do X, Y, Z, right? And it was taking away from the message of grace. So this is why Paul wrote the book of Colossians, which is one of my favorite Books. You can't read the book of Colossians and just feel like the presence of Jesus. He is the visible image of the invisible God. Come on, somebody, right? All right, I'll start reading it if I get excited. All right, here we go. But it is so awesome, and Paul sends them out, and there's different times when they would stay for a few months or a few years. Here's one example. Acts 9.36, Peter went to Joppa and healed a dead woman. It became known throughout all of Joppa. Many believed in the Lord, and he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon the Tanner. So you had Samaria. You had cities like Lydda, Sharon, Joppa, Jerusalem, all being affected by believers moving out. Now, most of the time, they were prompted by 
persecution, persecution. But sometimes they would just be prompted by the Spirit's voice. It'd be like, I just felt the Spirit tell me to go. Or the Holy Spirit stopped me from going to such and such city. Go to that next slide. Acts 11, verse 21. The hand of the Lord was with them. A great number, I would say great number, who believed turned to the Lord. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and he saw the grace of God, he was glad. He exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. A great many people were added to the Lord. Guys, I am believing a great many people in Warren and Champion are going to be added to the family of God. Are you believing that? Come on, right? I got five people over there, so let's try this side. Let's try, let's try this side. I believe, and so does Madormas and Smeagol, because I'm going to hear you shout, that a great number of people are going to be added to the family of the Lord. They got you beat. I mean, I did rile them up a little bit, but they totally got you beat. All right. Here we go. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him to Antioch, right? For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And that jumped off the page to me, guys. Once they multiplied, then they were called Christians. Isn't that interesting? Once they multiplied, then they were called Christians. Because they were starting to turn their world upside down. Acts 13, look at this. Paul and Barnabas sent off to minister and start a new church. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, let me pause. We could preach three weeks just on that line. A lot of times, Christian, this isn't in my script, so I'm just trusting this is the Lord for a moment here. This, that A lot of times people miss their assignment because they're not in prayer and, and worship and fasting. You always get your assignments from the Lord in prayer and worship. And fasting, time with just God. I love what Pastor Justin Boyle says. He says, a lot of people don't have a dream because they don't rest. Dreams come and rest. Come on, somebody, right? He's going to be here next spring at the spring conference. I love that guy. Here we go. After fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So being sent out with the Holy Spirit, they went down. I'm not going to try to say that name. And from there, they sailed to Cy uh, Cyprus. When they arrived at Salmas, they proclaimed the word of the Lord. Now, I want you to understand this. We are a continuation of the church God started when he poured out his spirit. I said this last week. We are grafted in to the Jewish family. There is one people, right? Like Paul said, there is one church, one Lord, one spirit, one baptism. You have joined the people of God. And I'm asking that God would pour out his spirit and empower you. Because some of you might hear Pastor Andrew and Monica and be like, oh, that's so cool that they're going to do that. And all the while, Holy Spirit's going, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Turn to the person next to you say, he might be talking to you. Right? Especially if you live in Cherubin or Warren. All right. Just want to slide that in there. All right. Spirit-filled churches create space. In fact, I need a helper because I did not put on the lapel like I planned to. I forgot to ask Grandpa. Uh, Courtney, you want to be my helper? Thank you for being voluntold. Come on up here. Come on. Give Courtney a hand. <laughs> Courtney is a great guy. He was talking with a uh, friend of mine uh, named Tim, and he's like, he's a sergeant in the police and Tim's in the Navy, and I felt left out, and I said, I was a Royal Ranger when I was 11. 
Remember that? And he literally, he just looked at me like, and he just went back to his conversation. <laughs> uh, it didn't go over so well. All right. So anyway, you're going to help me build a church. Can you do that? Because I can't do this by myself because it's microphone. All right. So I want you to help me. Oh, that's cool. I didn't see that little guy. You're going to help me build the church. So let's make this a cool space. I'm going to leave it up to you, man. Hey, let's put on some fun music. I'm sorry to enqueue you guys with that. We're going to make some church building music here. And if you like Legos, I hope this speaks to your heart. Because that's great church building music right there. All right. So here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize where they fit. And they think that when they come to church that they should just kind of watch, you know, and enjoy watching other people do their thing. And while it's so important that we are all built up and that we're blessed, what's really fun, what really makes life meaningful, meaningful is when you find where you fit. And when you find where you fit, oh, dude, you're, you're like an architect up in here. I don't know how the people are going to get into the building. We're just going to drop them in. We're just going to drop them in. All right, so they're going to have like a fill-up experience. The spirit... The spirit just kind of, oh, there we go. There we go. I thought you were going to go Acts 12 on me and Philip just, you know, by the spirit of the Lord just drops them in. Dude, give him a hand. That was awesome. I was a little worried there for a minute. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you for that music. That was awesome. All right. So here's the thing. When you realize what the scripture says, in fact, put up this next slide. You realize that you are needed and that you can serve God using your gifts. Paul says it like this. You are living stones being built together. Let me read this. You are the fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Everybody say the cornerstone. In whom the whole structure being joined together with a door. Hallelujah grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him, you are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So here's what I'm saying. You might say, well, listen, I, I'm not a musician. I can't join the, the, the worship team, but you know what? I, I like people. I can hold the door open. You have a spot. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm really good with details. Maybe you guys need some administrative help. You, you have a spot. I had someone tell me this morning, hey, I like photography and here's my portfolio. Maybe I could help be on the creative arts team. Yes, you have a spot. There's a spot for you. There's a place where you can suddenly say, I can serve God using my gifts. And here's the thing. When you do this, don't miss this. You create space for people to come in and feel God. You create space for people to come in and feel the love of God and hear the gospel, a dwelling place for God. Because how many know the church is not a building? We all know that, right? I just had Mick share with me. He said during worship, he just saw in his mind's eye that the church would overflow and that we would need the amphitheater. Come on, somebody. I would say the pits... Pastor Andrew and Monica would say a big amen to that, right? That suddenly the church, because the church is you and me, and some of you, you live in Warren or near Warren, and God's been giving you a heart lately for those people, for your city. We are the building blocks of the church. When we come together, we form the house of God where God dwells, where unbelievers can feel God's love and also respond to grace and accept Jesus as Lord. 
Starting a new church creates space for someone, by the way, to use their gifts. Again, a lot of times, now, I am okay that the church grows and grows. I am I'm not uh, against big churches. I've been in those churches. Beautiful. I pray every church gets bigger. But one thing I want to just warn you of is this. The cool thing is when you say, I'm gonna, we're going to plant a church, is now it's not like 10,000 people watching 10 musicians, right? Because here's the thing. There's so many amazing musicians. There's amazing people who will serve on a welcome team, an usher, usher team. There's so many ways you can serve when you start a new work uh, and really participate uh, instead of watch. Life groups, leaders, groundskeeping, teachers, all kinds of things. When we launched Cortland, this is just a really small sample of people who came together. We saw the bussers and, and Matt go down there and use their gifts of technology and helps. We saw Tim and, and Tammy Neuschler been using their gifts with security, hospitality, and prayer. Tammy Maybu with a number of people been down there helping with the teens, Jason and Melissa Crisp. And God started using so many people. So here's my question. Where do you fit? Where do you fit? Because you have a place. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a place. You fit somewhere. Trust me. Trust me, you fit somewhere. 1 Timothy 3.15, the church, everybody say the church. It's the household of God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. Guys, we talked about this the last few weeks, right? Especially three weeks ago. Our society is so confused right now. Our society is losing what truth is. Truth is becoming more and more understood as, ob as uh, subjective instead of objective. But how many know that truth is objective, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that everything in the word of God is your guidepost for how life is meant to be? We have a, a society that wants to just cast shame all the time instead of learn what the gospel says, which is to forgive. Why? Because God's forgiven me right? I mean, can I just tell you for a minute, one of the things I've read over the years, and I read it again last night, is that early in this century, we had something uh, that, was, that was cast a lot called uh, secularization theory, especially when Steve Jobs launched Apple and Bill Gates launched uh, Microsoft. They said, you know, with technology and with science and Soon we're going to be able to study the weather patterns and the math, you know, mathematician, every, all the science, all the technology. It's going to grow to such a point that religion becomes less and less useful and you will see a lot of people become less religious. It's called secularization theory. I've read about it a few times in books. But here's the crazy thing. It didn't happen. People are more religious today across the world than ever before across the world than ever before. Why? They're looking for meaning. It turns out a weather pattern cannot fill <laughs> the need in your soul, right? I mean, technology is to a point now where they're just wasting their time with technology. We have poop emojis. Come on, like, <laughs> seriously. Technology, if you have teenagers, you would know about this. Some of you are like, why did you just say that? Um, I have children, sorry. But seriously, like technology and science if anything, what it has done is taken a lot of people who are very smart and made them go, there's an intelligent design here. Seriously, there's an intelligent design here. I love what Tim Keller has pointed out in his church in New York that he has had 
tons of brilliant people and doctors and physicians come to know the Lord because they cannot explain, they cannot explain any other way the design of the human body except for a divine design. Amen? So where do people hear that? Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because you need a church in every city that is preaching the truth of God's word. A pillar of truth to bring truth to the chaos. Number three, spirit-filled churches reach the lost. Spirit-filled churches reach the lost. Now, Pastor Andrew's gonna talk more about this next week, but I'm just gonna briefly touch this. This may seem obvious, but it goes, it's, it's gotta be said, Jesus gave his very life. He suffered an incredible pain to redeem lost people, to restore relationship to Father God. And I want you to hear this. He did this not just for us. He did it for all. He did it not just for me. Put your hand on your heart, if you will, for a moment. Are you so thankful for the grace of God in your life, right? If you're so thankful, I want you to think like this. If Jesus did that for me, if Jesus suffered on the cross for me, I'm going to tell somebody else this good news. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do something with this grace. I'm going to do something with this grace. New churches enable more people to hear that good news, that God can forgive their sin, that God, that Jesus is the cure for racism, that Jesus is the cure for an anger in your heart that causes you to only get revenge and perpetuate the cycle, right? Jesus is that answer. Everybody just say the name Jesus with me. Can we just stand up for a minute? I just feel like they're worshiping him for just a minute. Just stand up. Jesus, we love you. Come on, just praise him for a minute. Jesus, we thank you that you are the way, the truth, the life. God, that you saved us. Jesus, that you saw the cross and you knew it was going to be painful, but you saw my face. You saw my face and you said, but he is worth it. I'm going to go to the cross for him. And Father, I pray that you would put in our hearts the faces of people in Champion and Warren. God, that we would see them the way you see them, as people who are right now lost, but soon to be found. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Church isn't over. Don't get too excited. That's only halfway. All right. Good thing I'm talking fast, though, right? All right, here we go. Acts 2. Those who received the word were baptized, I want you to hear this, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, this speaks to the moment when Peter, right, after being filled with the Spirit, preaches and he explains everything in their Jewish history. It's a great spot to read, kind of to understand the Bible. He explains so much. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. We use this a lot for life groups, right? Because y'all, it's so beautiful to see people devoted to worship like we do on, on Sundays. But it's another thing to see them devoted to meeting together in homes. Awe came upon every soul, every soul. Many wonders and signs were being done. Guys, I am looking for the day when we see miracles, Monica, not just once or twice, but all the time. Now, I do hear of miracles all the time. I, it's one of the, my favorite things, honestly, about pastoring is when you call somebody or someone calls and they tell you what God has done. It's the coolest thing. But I am believing, I am believing for a day when there are so many miracles, we lose count. Come on, right? Where there's so many miracles. And what you see when you read the book of Acts is that there are a group of people called believers, now called Christians, who meet together, they worship, they pray, they have a meal together, right? Sounds like life group. 
They hang out, and they ask God to invade their home. They say, God, fill us with your spirit. And when he does that, suddenly they pray for the sick. Suddenly they have the courage to pray for the sick. So I want you to think for just a moment. Let's just do another moment of application. I want you to just think for a moment, when's the last time you prayed for someone who was sick? Just think for a minute. When is the last time? Now, for some of you, you're like, yesterday, right? And that's awesome. And for some of you, you might be like, oh, man, it's been a while. I want to ask God to fill you with his spirit today, to remind you that Jesus is able. Amen? All who believed were together and all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need. Hey, can we pause for a second? I want to do one more application. There's someone I really want to bless. Like I really want to bless this person who's in need. I'll just say they're in what I call the cycle, right? Can't get a job uh, because you don't have a car and you can't pay for a car because you don't have a job. So it's something we see often. We've, we've seen about seven or eight cars given away over the years, but I would love to bless someone with a car. How cool would that be? So if you want to do that, I know we've done that about twice a year over the years. There's someone I really want to bless. So if this verse speaks to you today, in this moment, God is speaking to you, just write compassion on uh, the envelope or in the dropdown uh, in your giving, and we're going to do something really fun uh, for someone in need. All right, let's go to number three. Spirit-filled churches, again, reach the lost. Day by day, they're attending the temple, breaking bread in their homes, and receiving food with glad and generous hearts. How many, how many give a witness? You like, you like food is your favorite part of life group. Come on, just raise your hand. I see that hand, Dennis. I see that hand, Dennis. All right. The Lord, but look at this. Here's, what I, here's why I gave this verse. The Lord added to their number. Is anyone seeing a pattern? The Lord added to their number daily, those that were being saved. You see, when God pours out his spirit, believers are empowered to tell their friends. I had two nurses in the last week tell me about people they prayed with at the hospital, that, they, that God just filled them with compassion and with boldness, and they shared the gospel and then said, can I pray for you? Right? I had someone tell me this last week he was at a flea market, and he led someone to Jesus right there at the flea market. You guys know Jesus is not stuck at church, right? He's not like stuck in this building like, oh, man, I wish I could get out of here Monday through Saturday. No, he is in you all the time. You are the church. Turn to your friend or that random person and say, you are the church. Now, look at this. Now, this is when it gets interesting because now the believers are filled with courage. They're seeing people added to their number every day. But then guess what? The religious zealots of the day, they're not having it. Because now their fans and their followers are no longer their fans and their followers. They're following these new Jesus people. So guess what happened? Persecution, right? And so they prayed, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your service to continue to speak with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your servant Moses. When they prayed, the place in which they were together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a perfect time for an amen. Okay, let's redo that. Let's redo that. I'll give you another chance. They were together, gathered, and the building was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the word with boldness. You see, some of you don't have that boldness, and you need that boldness back.
Come on, how many of you were inspired by Evie last week? I almost gave my heart to Jesus again. You know what I'm saying? Come on, why? Because she's spending time with Jesus. Because she's spending time with Jesus. So the Holy Spirit's being poured out in her. And what does that do? She says, you got to know about Jesus. You see, a church service doesn't do it. A church service, John Brandon, a church service doesn't do it. It's not that we need more church services. It's that we need believers to be so filled with the Spirit that they tell everybody about the beauty of Jesus. Amen? Last but not least, Spirit-filled churches obey his voice. John, can you just wave at him real quick? John Farmerald, everybody say, hi, John. So John is my buddy. He was uh, raised back to life through uh, the Lord and some electronic equipment. <laughs> I should have thought through I had to say how I said that. <laughs> but um, God used John in a powerful way. So I want to tell you the how, like why, you know, why, why 10 churches and, and how did this come about? So I remember when I was praying about becoming pastor, God said, hey, we're going to plant churches. And I'm like, okay, I think I know what that means, but we'll see. And it's kind of scary, right? It's kind of like how Monica says, felt kind of scary at first, right? But then you know God's talking to you. And the Holy Spirit kept reminding me of a few prophetic words that I was given in Brownsville at the Bible college where I went to the last few months. The last few months, there must have been three or four times where someone, I would go up for prayer and they don't know me at all. And they'd say, you're going to plant churches. And I'm like, yeah, one day, you know, and I didn't really know what it meant. You know, you're 18 or 19. And, and um, well, suddenly I'm starting to feel this like, man, God wants us to plant a church. And I felt like he said, let's start in Cortland, right? So you guys were, how many guys have been along for us in that journey? And maybe you even, yeah, come on, you've been a part of that. It's beautiful. We've seen hearts come to know Jesus in Cortland. Well, as we're casting this vision, about eight months had passed. A, a number of you had already said, hey, I'm going to pledge. I'm going to be with you, Pastor George. We're going to do this together. Well, suddenly I start seeing these 10 churches and I'm like, Lord, that's crazy. Well, Pastor, or Pastor John, see, do I almost prophesy? I do this sometimes. Listen, Woo, watch out. Okay. No, John comes up to me after service and I had just leaned over to Danielle. I mean, like 10 seconds earlier. And I said, Danielle, I can just see these churches in my mind in Trumbull County. Well, John walks up to me. And he's like, I just want to share with you that God's going to give you 10 cities. And I'm just like out in the presence of God. You guys, has, has anybody ever had that moment where it just feels like God just puts this big, like, 100-pound blanket on you, right? And yeah, and it just like, it was amazing. And I didn't, I just knew, wow, God is confirming this. But I was still scared. Everybody say scared. I was scared. Danny, I was, I was very scared. Right? I was like, what if I fail? What if we don't? Where am I going to find the pastors? Where am I going to, how on earth are we going to raise that money? Like, I just had all these questions. And God kept reminding me of Luke 19. And I had written in my Bible, Lord, make me the good steward. So fast forward from August to spring of that next year. August to spring of that next year. Pastor Aliano comes in from Columbus and he meets me at Brother's Pizza, right? And he says this. He says, hey, before we talk, God's given me a word for you. It comes from Luke 19. And he said the exact same thing. He goes, God is giving you 10 cities. And the presence of God hit me right there in Brother's Pizza. I mean, no, God, again, God is not limited to this building. We all know that, right? Okay. 
And so that's the assignment that God has given us. And it's been amazing to see him be so faithful in it. So some of you are wondering how. Well, we don't have the time to go into all of it, so I'm going to go really fast. Here we go. Skip Lonnie down to... Oh, man. I might have to break this into five weeks. But that's all right. All right, go down to the blue slide where it says how... Will we start 10 churches? What is the strategy? I just want you guys to see us for five minutes. Y'all give me five more minutes? Okay. All right. So when we first launched this, I really, I figured this would be 10 uh, campuses. And then I went through some coaching uh, with some people who have done uh, campuses and plants. And really we came to understand that it would be better if we had a couple campuses and then planted autonomous churches. So put up that next slide. So we have three campuses now. The next one, again, Warren, you just heard, is launching in January. The next six months to renovate the building, build the launch teams. And that's three churches, right, who are multiplying like the book of Acts, preaching the gospel, making disciples of Jesus. Go to the next slide. We're leading people to follow Jesus together. There's one church. We're grounded in scripture, led by the spirit, advancing the kingdom. We're glorifying God in all things. It means we do everything with excellence. Excellence. And above all else, we love, right? This is our mission. These three campuses share our vision, our values. Go to the next two slides. We have one budget, one board, one staff. It's one church. Everybody say one church. So even even the youth group is shared. And go down to where you see uh, the 10 little icons. Go two more slides. So then we're going to start planting autonomous churches. You say, what is autonomous? Autonomous means it's their, their own church. So what we're going to do is provide three things. Everybody say three things. And this is a result of many Zoom meetings and many coaching through other planters who have done this. So three things. We're going to provide care. All right, you can put up that next slide. We're going to provide care, pastoral care, spiritual fatherhood, right? Do you guys know it's not that you can't be a spiritual dad uh, until you're 60 or 70 years old. How many of you guys realize that? How many of you guys realize that? And I had a few people even prophesy that to me and say, God's raising up as a spiritual dad at a young age, right? So care. And the next one, uh, you can go to the next slide too. Sorry, I'm going, I'm going on the fast forward version. And they, they're going to go through this process with us. You can go to the next one. There we go. Land right there. Coaching. All right. So we're going to help them. Here's what you need. Let's, let's ask you all the questions, all the questions to make sure your church is going to succeed. All the, all the questions, right? To make sure your church is going to succeed. That coaching also includes some one-on-ones with our ministry directors so they can get a lot of great advice on creative arts, on leading worship, on youth ministry, on kids ministry. And that's so cool. All right. And then of course, cash, right? Because it takes money to start a church. So we're going to do something that a few networks that I, I met with that they do where they give an amount and then they also loan an amount that's paid off uh, over the course of five years or 10 years, depending on the network. And we're going to shoot for five years. So um, that's it in a nutshell. And if you go to that next slide where you can see, um, yeah, all the churches. In fact, maybe go back to so they can see all the churches at the bottom of the screen. I want you guys to picture this. Can everybody stand up for a minute? Everybody stand up to your feet, because I I want you to get this vision in your heart. 
And I've had to clarify this to you know, a few of our leaders. I want you all to really hear this. It's not just that Kinsman is, is planting. It's that Rock of Grace, Kinsman, Cortland, and Warren, right? So every few months, uh, Pastor Dave Brock and Pastor Andrew are going to be casting this vision. Why? Because believers are multiplying because disciples are being made. And we are going to see seven autonomous churches planted from 2022 to 2030. Now, everybody shout the word why. why? One more time, why? why? Right, so we talked about it. Obeying his voice, the church of Jesus Christ multiplies, but I really want you to hear this. Because Trumbull County needs Jesus. Because I met with a couple yesterday who was so broken and they need Jesus. And guess where they find Jesus? In a church. Where do they learn how to strengthen their marriage? In a church. How are you going to have believers take on this heart for foster care and adoption? Guys, it's amazing. We already have eight families that have become foster and adoptive parents. Come on, let's give God a shout. See, here's what God spoke to my heart. Here's what God spoke to my heart. It's like he said, Jordan, listen, if every believer would say, where's my place in the kingdom of God? Where's my place in the kingdom of God? I want to go from believer to disciple maker. And we planted churches. Suddenly you would see not 140 kids feeling orphaned, feeling rejected. Now you would see them find a home. Come on, 14 kids per church is not that much. That's doable. How many believe God can do it? Now, what you have to understand is all of these societal things that you can read about on transformtrumble.com, they're all connected. You see, 80% of those who end up in a homeless shelter are former foster kids. 80%. That's why we started with foster care, because we want to stop the cycle. Come on. We want to give them an identity as being loved, as being a child of God. So that five years from now, 10 years from now, they're not repeating a cycle, but they know how loved they are, right? And society in Trumbull County is going to change. I want you to bow your heads. And I just want you to ask yourself a question. How do I fit? Where do I fit in this vision to transform Trumbull through these church plans? Where do I fit? And for some of you, you might feel like God just saying, you know what, we haven't, we, maybe we could just give. We can't go, but like a missionary, we can give. We can allocate $25 or $100 a month for the next 12 months or whatever it is, God speaks to your heart. And you can bring this vision to life. Because see, in churches, when you make that possible, people are gonna find hope that are hopeless. Where do you fit? There's a gifting that you have. There's some of you that are within the sound of my voice. You're going to be on a prayer team there at Warren. You're going to be on a prayer team, a ministry team, and loving people and telling them your story and pouring God's love into them. And you might say, I'm not qualified. I can't do that. Guys, join the club. Nobody's qualified. Jesus qualifies you. His grace fills you and changes you. God, you are so good. I thank you for what you're doing, Father. I thank you for opening up our hearts to see who's around us, to see who's hurting.
God, I thank you for raising up this valley of dry bones and turning it into an army. God, I thank you that you are going to fulfill the word that Barb Morzak gave to me when I was only about 17 years old. God, when she said that you'll raise Gideon's army and see an entire region changed. Father, I thank you that right now I'm looking at Gideon's army. God, I thank you that right now, right now I see a people who has brimming with potential. Gifts, leadership gifts, spiritual gifts just waiting to be tapped into. Can you just put your hand on your heart for a moment? Can we maybe just ask God a question and say, Dear Father, what do you want to do in me? Let's ask him again, Dear Father, what do you want to do in my heart? Where do I fit? God, I thank you that your spirit is filling believers. God, that you are going to do signs, wonders, and miracles. And just like the book of Acts, we're going to see people come to know you. Just like the book of Acts, we're going to see people give their heart to you. Just like the book of Acts, we're going to see people being added to the family of God every single day. Every single day. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Again, I know that was a, a, a fast version, but if you want to kind of read more about it in detail, we made these uh, a year or two ago so to help you kind of understand that. And you can always go on transformtrumble.com. And listen, I'm excited. Amen. Who's excited? Amen. Come on. In 2030, we're going to be looking back or we're going we're gonna to do what my kids do sometimes. They go, what? Just turn to your friends and say, What? I know, somebody too cool for school. You're like, I'm too Baptist for that. I'm, that's not happening. Have a good night. Have a good Father's Day. Not a night, a day. And see ya. I'll see you next week. So